Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am Rashad, and you are tuned in to the Unsophisticated Funk Podcast. you guys remember but in the first podcast I talked about when I was eight years old and I was in that that dance group for a brief moment and stopped just before you know the performance well I wanted to take a deeper dive into my life and how giving up has just become part of who I was or am as a person and I want to understand that a little bit more I wanted to dig deeper into that because in my life my head is just full of ideas and thoughts and things that I want to accomplish. I feel like that, you know, I have the ability to to take on these tasks or to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish, but I always fall short, always. And, you know, I want to understand why. So I did some research. I did some digging, you know, uh, in the way of a bunch of YouTube videos and, um, social media articles and things like that, blogs and stuff like that, that I've watched. Um, So I am not a licensed psychologist. Don't take anything that I say as gospel. You know, again, I just wanted to understand, like, is there a, is this really is, is quitting? Is it a habit or is it a condition? Like, do I have some kind of condition called, give up itis or you know something something weird I don't know I, it, there might be there might be a term for it who knows but maybe I don't need I don't need a YouTube video to tell me why I quit maybe it's something that I know that I don't address you know what I mean and I think that that is more likely the case because you know from eight years old that dance contest kind of set the table for a lot of my life and a lot of things that I you know, that I've done and and not completed. Um, And I can go down the line. And I'm sure a lot of people are like that. But for me, it it bothers me because every morning I wake up with this idea or this plan to go and attack and do something and and, and be amazing. Um, And it and it's never left me Uh, every every single morning. And I wake up really, really early in the morning you know, and so I'm pumped. I'm a morning person. I'm like excited to go and start my day and go do cool things. But I get into this thought process, you know, where it just kind of winds me down throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, I haven't done anything. And, you know, that that bugs me out a lot. That trips me out. But yeah, so like I said, I was doing some research, started watching some videos and whatnot. And there's some some interesting stuff out there. I think it's tough when you go and and you listen to a motivational speaker or somebody who's been successful. It's hard to see things from their lens sometimes. I feel like you never get the story as somebody's going through. Wouldn't it be great if you like had a journey with somebody from beginning to success? 
like you're taken through that journey as it happens, some kind of like lifelong vlog or something like that. I think most of the time what you get is I started here. Here I am now, but this is where I started. This is how I got to that point. It's hard to relate sometimes when you don't see those steps of the process. Sometimes you can. A lot of people probably can actually, but for me it's like I have to see it in action. You know, take for instance like a like Jay-Z. I listen to his music a lot. And you know, he has he has a lot of good jewels, a lot of good tokens of of, of wisdom, you know, things that he shares through his music. And it's about nowadays about building wealth, generational wealth, staying ahead of the game. I think it's tough for me because you know, when I started listening to him, it was just hustler's mentality. The jewels from that music, for me, it was just like, go get money, go get fly. That was it. You know, now he switched it up, you know, in his in his later years. It's like, you know, invest in this, you know, do this for your family, cut out the middleman, things like that. It's almost unrelatable nowadays. And that's the tough of, I, I don't know what it's like to be a billionaire. I don't know what it's like to own a Basquiat painting in my home I don't know what it's like to own you know two or three homes or have a have a yacht or fly a private plane and things like that you know I can't relate on that level but I mean it's it's motivating at at the least you know it sounds cool and then I hear I've heard stories about like you know Jay-Z was rich in the 80s that's cool I'm not rich now I'm trying to get rich now but maybe that's not maybe that's not his plan Everybody interprets things a, a completely different. You know, for me, it's I, I listen intently. You know, when I listen to hip hop, that's the beautiful thing about hip hop is like people think it's, you know, gangster music. Maybe today, today's rap music is crazy. But before you could listen to the lyrics and, and get the stories. That's why I love listening to Nas. That's why I love listening to Common, you know, folks like that, man, because they, they tell good, vivid stories, paint a good picture for you. Right. Nas is Nas is hands down one of my favorite, you know, uh, rappers of all time. Uh, One of the best MCs out there. And if you guys don't know who Nas is, please check out Illmatic 1994. That is one of the greatest albums of all time. Top to bottom hits. Big producers. You know, it's just man, I'm telling you Illmatic. You know, I listen to that regularly and you can hear you can hear the hunger in his voice and and the stories he, he tells is just him being in Queensbridge, um, Queens, New York, and, you know, just going through it, just going through life, man, and trying to, and trying to you know, get through the everyday struggle to, to be where you are. And, you know, to the stories that he's been able to tell to be where he's in the, he's in the position he is today, like I relate to a little bit more, right, because it's grimy. It's, 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 you know, you're down on your luck, those kinds of things. And I'm not saying that I grew up you know, in the hood, I definitely didn't grow up in the hood. Like I said before, I'm a military brat. It's the grind that you understand. It's the grind that you feel to relate to. But getting back to the whole story about me giving up, like I said, I wanted to figure out if it was a habit or if it was a condition. And I think off the rip, the things that, you know, I talk about and I say in my head, it feels like it's, it's definitely a habit. It's something that you develop over time, right? What would have happened at eight years old if I had continued and performed in that talent show um, in Spain on the 4th of July. I think it would have uh, catapulted me into into many different things, into doing so many different things and not giving up and not stopping. And I don't blame my missus 
on that one instance. Like I said, it's just a, a, a multitude of things that have, that have happened throughout my life. You know what I mean? That's led me to this point, you know, where it's like I can reflect and say, I didn't finish. I, I gave up. And what would have been if I didn't give up? Who knows? Who knows? You could have been talking to me right now from the television. I would have been on, you know, ESPN because I, I played baseball. I had aspirations of being a pro baseball player. Or you could have seen me at the Grammy Awards because I had actually started a record label with one of my good friends um, back in 2002, 2003. Big dreams. You know, we wanted a platinum record. Who didn't, who didn't want to sell records? Those are the things, man. We, you know, we think about the stuff that we start and we don't complete. And then it turns into regret or it's just now you have this self-doubt that's ingrained in your mind because you start a task and you can't complete a task. So I dug a little deeper and I wanted to find out what were some of those reasons that I quit? You know, what in my brain really just makes me just stop dead in my tracks and not pursue any further? I came up with a list. I have a list of different things, and I'll, I'll run through that list really quick, and then I'll highlight just some of those key points um, that I think really stands out to me and is really relevant to my life and how I think. So, and it's no, it's in no particular order. I, I, you know, I jotted it down based off of things that I heard and you know things that came to my mind. So, uh, the first thing is overwhelmment. Second is lack of results. Self-sabotage, problem magnet, bad decisions, selective hearing, circle of influence, self-doubt, procrastination, rejection, and being a loner. So some of these I heard from a video podcast that I watched the other day. In particular, I think being a loner, selective hearing, bad decisions, problematic those were the things that kind of stuck out to me because those aren't things that I really thought about of myself, you know, and I can see that in other people's, the way they broke it down was pretty cool, but I don't see that in myself as I'm not, I don't see myself as a problem magnet. When I hear that, I feel like those are people that are always either in the mix of bad things happening or they're causing issues or bad things to happen. So I don't think I, I contribute in that way. Bad decisions. Now that that might be me now in the business sense though, or when I take on tasks or I look to accomplish different things, I don't think that, you know, I don't, I make bad decisions because I'm always thinking through, I'm always trying to strategize my next move. So, um, you know, I will measure 10 times and cut once. And so I don't think bad decisions are my kind of thing, but it might be for others, but that's something to think about. Selective hearing, though, that was an interesting one because it's not what you think it is. Selective hearing is not when somebody's trying to tell you something or give you advice and you're only listening to certain aspects. But visually, visually, selective hearing is, you know, you're looking for signs, things that tell you either to keep going or to give up or whatever. And I do. And this I do and a lot like and it's as simple as like, you know, when you're shooting basketball, Say you're shooting basketball in your backyard, right? And say, mm, you know, I'm thinking about this girl and this girl likes me. So it'll be like, if I make this shot, she likes me and I'm going to go talk to her. Or if I miss it, I'm going to walk away. Done deal. She doesn't like me at all. And it's things like that. You know, I'll drive and I'll see a sign on a billboard 
you know, that'll tell you things like in my position, in the position that I'm in today, like give up what you're doing, keep going, go this way, do this, do that. And, and those kind of burn just these things in your mind to either inadvertently stop what you're doing, continue what you're doing. Like it really influences you. And it's, a, that's the, that's the amazing thing about, about marketing. There's a psychological aspect to marketing that really triggers a lot of our brains. And it's amazing. I, I wish I had more time to kind of drill down into that and study that. You know, I think that would be pretty cool uh, to, to understand the marketing influence on the side on the human brain because it's it's real it it wouldn't it wouldn't be what it is if it didn't exist and i i think mastering marketing is a huge part of business but i think it's also just kind of it's a it's trippy and you know people spend billions companies spend billions of dollars you know on marketing and you know understanding the consumer and targeting customers and things like that so fascinating fascinating stuff so back to the list the other one that I didn't um, really quite understand is being a loner. I, I get it in certain ways, but I feel like that's more of like just accomplishment in general, right? This doesn't really speak to why I quit what I do directly. Being a loner to me means that, you know, you're, you know, you choose to take a path alone or you, you don't in, engage um, with certain things that help that would help build growth you know what I mean so like say if there's a a networking event or something and you choose not to attend because you don't want to be around people or you don't want to work on this with this person on this project so then you know your project you know fails but this person has just such this wealth of knowledge in this particular area and you still choose to not engage and you know ultimately your project fails. So I think of being a loner is kind of like that. It's just like you take the approaches that you don't want to be around people or work with people to help, you know, uplift um, the work that you're doing. But, you know, again, I could be wrong there. That's how I interpreted it. But I guess everything is left open to interpretation. So, you know, take it as you will. But here are the things that I think are truly attributes that, that kind of stop me dead in my tracks. Overwhelmment. Being overwhelmed, I think, is a huge part of, of who I am. And I and I feel that a lot. I feel that in my day-to-day. You know, uh, my 9-to-5 job, you know, there are moments where, you know, I am feeling like I am drowning and, you know, I don't know which way is up. And I try to start a task thinking it's going to be the most impactful or I'll have to pivot and it just throws me off of my game. I am a sufferer of analysis paralysis for sure. And one of the things is, you know, once you start to get those thoughts in your head, you're trying to really sift through them and work your way out of, you know, these multiple problems. So these new problems that come around and, you know, you have to kind of think through, you know, after a while they pile up and then, you know, in your head, you're just frozen. You're stuck. The weight of all of those thoughts, it just freezes you. And, you know, that is a huge, huge thing for me. And, and I've, I've actually realized that to the point to where I have to stop myself on, a, you know, a couple times a day and breathe and think and write. And that's why if you ever see me with a notebook, you know, that, that is a mechanism that I use to help kind of get all of the thoughts in my head out of my head and into somewhere else. Uh, that I don't have to, you know, so I don't have to think about it so much. 
you know, overwhelmed is definitely a thing. And, uh, you know, I probably, I, honestly, I have never been diagnosed, but I do, I do feel that I get a lot of anxiety from it, you know, and it, I lose sleep, you know, I have trouble sleeping at night, you know, because I'm my, all of these thoughts are swimming in my head, um, you know, trouble eating my exercise habits and all, I mean, just the, like my daily functions kind of just dwindle as I get into these ruts where I'm just consumed with so much thought and it's a crazy thing for me. But again, I think it's, it's cool from a psychological standpoint to understand how these things lead to this point. And there's an opportunity to break through that, that I need to figure out. The second one, lack of results. That's a big one for me also. I think that's a Lack of results are something that, you know, is important to a lot of people. And it's the, the prime example of that is New Year's resolutions, right? Like losing weight. My goal is to lose X amount of pounds. And so you start going to the gym. You start dieting. You go to the grocery store and you buy different foods. You know, you're buying multivitamins, things of that nature, right? And you start to lose some weight. You lose about 15 pounds, 10 to, 10 to 15 pounds water weight, right? Which is always the first thing that you lose. And, you know, you see these results, you get excited. So you start going harder and then you kind of plateau. You know, maybe the next week you only lose one pound. You might gain a pound the following week after that. Then you're not losing anything the week after that. So after that initial high that you received, after you've plateaued, then you're, you're digging and you're searching for the results. Like you need something to keep you going to push. Some people don't need it. There are people out there, of course, that are just, they understand the end goal. They fully recognize the process and they take the steps slow, patiently, and they plan out. If you don't have a plan, I think it makes it harder for you to get the, the vision, you know, or to see the light at the end of the tunnel or really truly get a feel for what the end result is. Right? if I just say tomorrow I need to lose 20 pounds and then I just start doing some sit-ups and I start doing some, some push-ups. Yeah, I might lose a couple of pounds here and there. But one, I haven't, I haven't created a program for myself or a plan for myself that's going to get me to that goal long-term. And I haven't trained my brain to, to get through those moments where things are stagnant, where I'm not progressing, where I feel like nothing is going right, right? Like, I think on the other side of that wall is where all of the, the success is accelerated. Like, in my head, I feel like there's this wall and on this wall, I have everything written up of all the things, all the things that I've done. Some points on that wall are higher than others. Some are lower than others. But the, the problem is none of those things are on the other side of that wall. Like once I start doing something, it's written down. It's on the wall. And as I progress, it gets higher up on the wall. And then you stop. Wherever that position is on that wall is where you were. That's where you've ended. The result 
the goal is to be over that wall, the other side of that wall. I've just never gotten there. And that's, um, I think that's a, it's a, it's almost debilitating. Right? And that, you know, for somebody who's not mentally strong, you know, you give up, you stop. Now, there's two parts to this. Now, I, I give up on tasks. I give up on certain projects and things like that. And I'm, and, I, and I'm talking about this in my life, like things, the big aspirations and the goals. Like I don't give up on, you know, work or something like that. If, I'm, if, I'm, if, there's a, if there's a goal with a deadline and stuff like that, I feel like I'm really motivated. And that's, maybe that's one thing. Maybe I need to set deadlines and of, of these goals to help me push myself to accomplishing them. It sounds good. I can do it at work. So why can't I do it in my regular life? I think that's I think that's important. I think when we're more likely to accomplish something when we push ourselves or we have, you know, strict deadlines. So yeah, lack of results is a thing, man. When you don't see it, you don't want to keep going. Uh self-sabotage. I've done that to myself. I've definitely self-sabotaged myself. And self-sabotage can be a mental thing as well. I think for me it's more of a mental thing for sure because I start out with this extreme high, this excitement that I get from wanting to do something. You know, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. And what I do is I purposely skip all of the steps of the process. I see nothing but the glitter and the glam and the lights and the result of that, of that idea. But I don't scale it back to really dig through that process. And I choose not to because I understand that it's hard work. And while I'm not afraid of the hard work, I dread the work at times. And I think that's that's a crazy thing. Like there is no way possible that you can expect to accomplish anything without putting in work. It's just that simple. It, it just doesn't work that way. You've got to really go in and, and do the work. And you can't be afraid of it. And I'll say that I, it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's just that, you know, I think a lot of us do want things that come easy. Let's, let's, let's be real, right? We don't, we don't, we don't want something that's going to make us, that's going to push us and make us work hard. You see the, the, the 1% of people who make it and they have this relentless approach, right? I'll give you the stats here. So athletes, funny because this is something my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, when I used to talk about being a baseball player. The statistic is only 2% of all athletes make it professionally 2% like think about think about the millions and millions of athletes out there and think about the professional athletes out there the ones who make it that percentage is only 2% what does that mean to you what is what is it about that 2% that helps them get to this point some sometimes it's it's just God-given talent, ability. Some people are just freaks of nature. They're destined, you know, this is what, you know, this is what they're meant to do. You know, their bloodline, you know, they come from a rich family of, of, of professional athletes. So it's that nepotism. They get into the door through that. Almost all of them, just about all of them, they put in that work. They have to work. They have to, they have to get better at what they do day in and day out. In order to have a chance, you see people 
wake up in the morning, go into the gym, go into work, you know, doing the things, doing the things that they need to do to get an edge, to get an advantage, to get better. Like that's important. And while that number is scary, 2% is a scary number. What keeps you from being that 2%? All the only difference is, you know, in my head is that those people want it bad enough. They wanted it bad enough and they did the things they needed to do to get there. To me, it's just that simple. That number could be completely different. But there are a lot of people out there who get scared by that number or just don't have the hustle in them to keep going to, to, to get better, to push themselves. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day and he was telling me a story about his son um, playing basketball. You know, he played some, uh, some, a good team, a good competition, and he got a little discouraged about it. You know, one thing that we, t- we talked about is, you know, that's that fork in the road. Like you find something or somebody that's better than you. What do you do? Do you fold or do you practice and get better? And that's, that's the thing about it. Do you fold or do you keep pushing and making yourself better? You know, do you do the things that help you get better in order to, to become that 2%? Another statistic, uh, 80% of, of businesses fail within the first 18 months. They close a shop within the first 18 months. That's crazy. 80%. Now, if everybody gave up, after that first go round, we would not have some incredible things. Businesses would not exist. We wouldn't have movies. We wouldn't have certain stars in the industry. It just wouldn't exist. Like, don't get caught up in the numbers. These are just stats that I want to throw out there because it's they're crazy to me. Richard Bronson. You guys know who Lord Richard Bronson is. Virgin Airlines, you know, and all that stuff. He launched 400 companies before he got his first mega company in Virgin Galactic. Like 400 companies. And here's the crazy thing. I've started maybe five of them myself. I've always felt like that was a lot. Like that was a long, that was a big number. But he started, you know, Virgin Cola, Virgin Clothing, Virgin Makeup, Virgin Cars, Virgin Condoms. You know, all of these things that he's created that failed, led him to Virgin Galactic. Sylvester Stallone, he shopped his screenwrite for Rocky to over 1,500 producers, to 1,500 people, and got rejected 1,500 times. Rocky is one of the greatest movies of all time, if you didn't know, by the way. 1,500 times. Imagine that process. How do you not give up after 10, 15 times, let alone 1,500? Crazy. Colonel Sanders, we all love KFC, right? His recipe, his recipe was rejected 1,009 times before he eventually being picked up. 1,009 times for, some, for a recipe. That's a trip. So I say that, To say this, I think the key thing for one, let me just say this first, actually. Each of these people, each of these individuals had to have believed in themselves enough and their vision and their idea that the relentless pursuit was just part of the process. 
Like they would not be denied. Now, maybe there was a break in the process, but they didn't give up. It never stopped. And it got to the point where they succeeded. If you just keep going, learn, make your adjustments, and keep going, I'm, it's telling me that it, it, I won't fail. It just gets better. And I think that's the key thing. Learn from your mistakes. Some people don't learn from their mistakes. Some people can't take advice. Some people can't take feedback. They think that my idea, my product, my way is the best way. It's been tried and true. And so who are you to tell me what this is? And that's that's a tough pill to swallow for some people. People who can't take advice, I think, are, are doomed. If you can't take feedback in a positive way or learn from your mistakes, it, it just won't work for you. But again, 1,500 times, I, going into a meeting room, 1,500 times, I can't even think about that for one movie. Thank you, Sylvester Stallone. Thank you, Richard Bronson. I flew Virgin Airlines in 2017. Great, great airline. I actually, here's a funny story. When I flew uh, to London in Virgin Airlines, I sat two seats away from Billy Idol. And that was cool. Because I've, I've never seen like a celebrity celebrity before. But he was the first celebrity, you know, that I'd ever noticed. And it was funny because like there's these kids coming to take pictures of him. But I was just looking at him. It was just like, I don't know a song of his, but I know that face. I remember seeing like album covers and stuff like that. So that was cool. But I was on Virgin Airlines. Pretty cool airline too. Flew business class. It was really cozy. If you get a chance to fly business class or first class on an international flight, do it. Nothing, nothing like that experience. That leads me to the next point, which is like the circle of influence. The people who are around you, you are the people you are around. And I, I believe that 100%. Now, I don't think this is a reason that I give up. But it, it's, it doesn't make it easier. I'll tell you that. It, it doesn't make it easy at all for me. Being younger, I was always motivated and driven to do things. And I was obsessed with doing things in a way. And I still get that way. I still get obsessed with doing things um, to the point where it's like, I have to go alone if nobody's with me. Well, when I was younger, I had a circle of friends, group of friends, and we always talked about doing this and doing that and being there. You know, we had these great visions, man. We were like, man, when we get to 40, we're going to go to the dealership and go buy new cars and, you know, go take vacations and chill and, and do things. And uh, I that always stuck to me because that's always where I wanted to be. It's always what I wanted to do. I always wanted to retire early. You know, I didn't want to spend my whole life just working to where I just couldn't even exist anymore after I was done. Like, I can't fathom that. I can't fathom working to like 62, 63 years old. It's just not, it's not possible for me. But I also understood if I was going to get to that point to where I could retire early, I've got to put in some work. I would always talk to my friends about this. Like, if you're serious, let's, you know, we got to do this, this, and this. You know, and we started out hot. Like, my best friend, you know, he went to respiratory therapy school, became a respiratory therapist. You know, I was starting businesses and going to school. 
you know, I had another friend who was, you know, he, he was dipping and dabbling in, in different things. And then life, life hit. Friends started having children, got married. You know, I had a son, got into a long-term relationship. You know, I didn't complete, I didn't complete school. I finished with my associates. I didn't finish my bachelor's. Things took a backseat to life, and and I get that. But the thing about me is that I never, I never gave up, like on, you know, the way that I thought. And I think that that helps me get out of bed every morning. At least, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. Something happened along the way with my friends. You know, I think they got too consumed with life. You know, those those kind of dreams kind of died down. Matter of fact, I'm turning forty this year. You know, my best friend turns 40 in two weeks. Next week, actually. It's funny when you when you look back on things in, in your life and where you've been. But it's never too late. It's, I, I say that to say it's, it's never too late to, you know, to keep pushing. You know, you hear stories about people who made it later in life. Millionaires, some millionaires that didn't get rich until their 40s, didn't quit their job until their 40s. So it's not like it's impossible so circle of friends, the circle of influence is, is great. Like s- surround yourself with people. You know, I don't have enough people in my, in my circle that are, you know, great examples of where I want to be in my life in a sense with a sense of doing the things that I want to do. You know, I have a lot of great influence in my life. You know, my family's a great influence for sure, but I don't have like a mentor. I don't know too many, you know, successful business owners and things like that. And those are the things that I, you know, that I strive for. But it's not like it's not out there, right? So that's why YouTube's a, an incredible resource. So you get to hear the stories from those people. You almost get a virtual mentor in a sense. I just think that um, you do want to make sure that you're around some people that are that share a vision, a similar vision, that have similar goals, and you know just have some of the same characteristics as you. I think that helps you really get going and pushing. With my job, I've been able to meet some incredible people I've got some incredible friends that are doing some amazing things um, day in and day out that are really driven, really motivated. And I love it. You know, they, they motivate me to, to keep going. And I think that's one thing you have to you have to understand. I've got, you know, I've met people that are just, just incredibly intelligent. And I just I sit there in awe and listen to them speak. And they say the things that, you know, really make you think and really give you a good perspective on life and uh, different things like that. So I, I love the circle that I, that I've surrounded myself with, um, you know, they might, some of them might not know it. It's not like it's a strategic thing. It's really, I enjoy these people's company, but I also have things to learn from them. And I think that is a huge plus procrastination. That's pretty self-explanatory. That's, that's me all day. I procrastinate, but you know what? I work well under pressure. There are, there are moments where I can, I can complete a task well before you know, I intend on having it done and it feels good. If procrastination is not part of your vocabulary, you are winning. I can tell you that right now. You are a winner and I salute you. But a lot of us procrastinate and that's okay too. get the job done, right? Just get it done, get it done right. But if you can avoid it, oh, you're good. And then lastly is rejection. The fear of rejection. That is a big thing. And I, and I go back to the story about, you know, Sylvester Stallone, Richard Bronson, and they apparently didn't have a fear of rejection because if they did, there's no way they would have created 400 companies. 
or to shop your screenplay 1,500 times. Or try to sell some chicken 1,009 times. Like you have to, there has to be something that, that pushes that rejection piece out of your brain. That fear of rejection cannot exist. And I, and I think that's true. I believe that. If you're, if you're fearful of rejection, you're never even going to start. You're not even going to get off the ground. And while I don't completely, I don't fear rejection, but I think once rejection happens over and over again, I get discouraged. And who's to say they didn't get discouraged? But again, it's that peace. Once you reach that point that you've got to push through, you've got to power through it to the point where you can't be denied. If you're getting rejected, take that feedback. Learn from that feedback. Fix the problem and try again. And that I'm starting to learn slowly but surely. What is the same? What's the thing? It takes 10,000 hours to become um, to become a master of something. Bill Gates coding for 10,000 hours before he became, you know, who he was. Um, there's a good book that talks about that. And I, it's a Malcolm Gladwell book. I can't remember which one. I've read so many of his books. I have being, uh, Blink, uh, David and Goliath, um, The Tipping Point. Um, I can't remember what else I have, but I've read those books and, you know, in one of them, he talks about that 10,000 hours in order to become a master of the work that you do. And I believe that, of course, practice makes, practice makes progress. Practice doesn't make perfection. There is no such thing as perfection, but practice does make progress. Everybody wants it now. People want it quick. We want it right away. Whether that be going to going to the casino to try to win a million dollars. Playing the lottery. You know, we're in a society where things have to be quick. Fast food, even. If I want dinner, I'm more inclined to go through a drive through window and have somebody make my food in five minutes than to come home, prepare my ingredients, and make it. But here's the crazy thing. At the end of that fast food meal, how do you usually feel? What do you usually think? Oh, man, I shouldn't have did that. I shouldn't have ate that. I'm going to be sick in the morning. But if you took the time to prepare your ingredients and make your food, when you sit down at that dinner table, how do you feel? You feel great. You feel like you accomplished something, like I made this. You'll take a picture even. Put it on Instagram. Look what I made. You feel more fulfilled at the end of that meal. And and other people around you appreciate that. Anybody can go grab a bag of McDonald's. Get you a nice burger. But imagine if you made that burger using the freshest ingredients, slicing up some fresh tomatoes, your onions, something to think about. And I think the last thing on this piece is when you don't set realistic goals. And I take it back to like that pie in the sky vision. Like you only see the end result. You don't see 
you know, all the steps before that leading up to that point. Or you short your your timelines are way too short. And I've been guilty of that plenty of times where it's like, all right, this is the year, this is what I'm gonna do in the next couple of months, or this is what I'm gonna get done today, this is how I'm gonna, you know, do this and yada yada yada. And it doesn't happen. And what happens is I don't take a step back and realize that I've set some really unrealistic goals, like something that is just not obtainable in the moment, not yet, because I don't have the process built for that. Maybe down the line, as I get better at what I do, or I have a team, or I've built something that allows me to have that process to make it come quicker, I set myself up for failure. So I think in my lifetime, you know, a lot of a combination of all of those things have kind of, you know, stopped me from from pursuing certain things further. But I've never given up on the things that I've wanted to accomplish or the visions that I've had. If I did, I don't know what I would do. I would be I would be a rut, just a mess. You know, I, I started a, a business or a, a platform called the Royal Movement. And I really started pushing it last year throughout the, the pandemic. You know, I think it was just something that I, you know, I wanted to uh, give it another go. And the reason behind that is because as I get older, it's like I stop thinking about all the things that aren't and start thinking about the things that will be if I just do it, if I just go. Now, will I be wildly successful? Maybe not, and that's okay. But what I can't do is I can't live with myself knowing that I didn't give it a shot or I didn't try or I didn't, you know, give it my all. And I think that's key. That's the things that I'm doing now is like I'm giving it my all. And if they stick, that's wonderful. If they don't, then at least I've learned and I'm able to move forward. Like, I won't live with myself if I didn't give myself the F, the chance to, to succeed. Give yourself the chance to succeed. Give myself the chance to succeed. So, you know, in my study of understanding why I quit, you know, I've got this revitalization, this whole new sense of, of excitement, of being, of doing, and who knows where, where it takes me. Again... This is the Unsophisticated Funk Podcast. And hopefully soon, we'll have some people coming on to the podcast and talking. That's the plan. And we're just going to make it fun. This is going to be some fun stuff. It's not even going to be just me giving you a dialogue. Who wants to sit here and listen to me for an hour just talk about my life? I don't. I don't want to talk about my life for an hour, but let's have some fun. All right, you guys. Talk to you soon.